coming up on Verse Course Verse. If you didn't think DL was a cantankerous old bastard by now, oh, you're gonna after this episode. <laughs> Quick fire reviews are next. Welcome to episode 37 of Verse Course Verse. I am David Liston. With me is Rachel. Stop saying Donda Polio. Rachel, how are you? <laughs> good. Real good? Real Just good. good. <laughs> Real good. Okay. David. Okay. Really good. Excited for your first oh my quick God. fire? I couldn't be more excited. I've sweat through like three shirts. I can't tell about your sweat on this podcast. Please cut that. Podcast. Please cut that. It's all right. Uh, nope. Also with us is certified lover boy, Evil Jimmy. Evil. Real how good. How are you? Real good. Real good. Real good. Real good. You have a date tonight. I do. Yeah. Hot date. I'm going to eat ratatouille, homemade. Ooh. Yeah. Well. We're going to get him liquored up before his hot date. Yes. Drink, drink. Yeah. <laughs> we are doing quick fire reviews tonight. We have 10 albums. We are going to do 10 reviews in one episode. Sven and I did these with five minutes. This time, three people, six minutes. Rachel, you okay? I'm fine. <laughs> Rachel ate tacos really fast tonight, everybody. <laughs> I was really hungry. Just so you know. She gives me all this information before we record <laughs> thinking that I won't use it against me. Here we are. That's really silly. Quickfire reviews. How hard was this evil to uh, get ready for? Prepping for this was very difficult because I didn't know when to stop. I didn't know mm. how to organize my time. I think I've forgotten most of the music that we were supposed to listen to by this point. So this will be your very uneducated take on things. So you know, the usual for me. I, <laughs> I kind of purposefully give it a short amount of time so that we can't go into great detail because just like I make notes Ugh. on every album as I listen. And then I go back in a week and wait, what? What the hell was happening on this album? So yeah, it's like I'm reading someone else's calculus notes. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Rachel, did you have so much fun? <sighs> There is a lot of pop bangers on this, Rachel. It, yeah, no, I'd say it was 50% super enjoyable, 20% super painful, and 30% fine. Those are much better percentages than... That's pretty good. Those are pretty good odds. I had, yeah. Everybody got a little something. <sighs> yeah, some people more than others. This was... Uh... <laughs> That's the way it should be. I didn't love this one, just putting it out there. There are a couple really fun albums to review, but... Boy, this was... Uh, hey, at least the albums were mostly short and didn't take very long to listen to oh. a few times. Yeah, a couple. <laughs> they were very, like an hour too long at least. <laughs> That's what we're doing tonight. Six minutes, an album. The only album that we have the rights for tonight is our dear friend Mark's album, The Pure Nonsense Project. Mark Kowal, who's a great friend of the podcast. We have the rights, I hope, for that. <laughs> It'd be a little silly if we didn't. But everything else is pretty much major labels, you know, Warner and Parlophone and ones that I'm never going to get. So fuck everybody else. <laughs> Good job. Pure nonsense. Let's get to the most important part of the night. What are we drinking? Rachel, so far, the only thing I've seen in your hand is a giant, giant water. It is just a big glass of vodka, actually. Don't believe me. I'm drinking a Cayman Jack margarita in a bottle oh. tonight. I bet that's... It's fine. <laughs> Last weekend, we had a rousing game of red alcohol pong at my house. And since the inside of Solo Cups are white, this clearish, whitish margarita, we use clear liquids and light colored liquids. So there's like, sometimes it's Gatorade, sometimes it's margarita, sometimes it's a shot of vodka. Who knows? But it's just random alcohol what? pong. Who are you? What? You did this? Mm -hmm. That is not a Rachel thing. David, I like to party. It's not, no, you don't. I invented I invented the game. Did people bring booze over and you're just like, hey, I've got an idea? This game dates back quite a few years. At least two. Quite a few. At least two. But this is the person that has to pull out 2012 Baileys from her freezer to drink something. Do you know, I, you know I have uh, marshmallow vodka in the fridge at all times. I bought a Gatorade to mix in there because you don't know what it is. I'm just picturing the clearance rack at the liquor stores in <laughs> Eastern Idaho right now. <laughs> it's probably a very That's sad accurate. place. Yeah. Evil, what are you drinking tonight? I made a Long Island iced tea. Oh, Jesus. The Death and Company, actually the Cocktail Codex with Death and Company recipe as near as I could with the booze that I have in my cabinet. And it's the only way I'm going to make it through tonight. Dare I ask, 
what are your ratios for that Long Island? Just an uh, ounce of Three quarters of everything. Of everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have a man of war. Ooh. Yes. So for those of you that don't know, and I'm sure none of you know, because this is a music podcast, I am a massive, massive, massive horse racing person. I am a little bit obsessed with horse racing. My uncle growing up was a really, really good jockey. Man of War, that is a drink that is named after a horse who sired War Admiral, who, for anybody that is not a big horse racing fan, no Seabiscuit, and the great versus race, that was War Admiral and Seabiscuit, the one that Seabiscuit won. So anyway, I digress. It's a Man of War. It's bourbon. It's sweet vermouth. It is Cointreau, and then lemon juice, and that's it. It's like a Manhattan whiskey sour. Kind of, yeah. Nice. I feel like I don't even know who you are right now. I had no idea that you liked horses. Yeah. Le Bois Park, man. Le Bois. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Anybody ever wants to talk about horse racing, I am their man. I always go for the trifectas. Box them, everybody. <laughs> okay. Uh, that is... <laughs> Fucking nerd. <laughs> that's what we're drinking tonight. I am going to start the six-minute timer here let's go ahead and take a break we are going to get to our 10 albums we'll be right back all right we are back 10 albums six minutes all right let's do it Lyrics written by an 18-year-old with $50 million. Oh, those are going to be really good. (laughs) Album number one is Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish Getting Older, song number one. It's actually a pretty cool song. It's got the little Mr. Blue Sky opening, the little dun-dun-dun-dun. There's so much fake sensuality for me in this album. And I think it's just she's 18 We actually did a review of of her first album just recently, Sven and I. I actually was really positive about the review. I thought a lot of the lyrics were a little silly for, I think at the time she was like 16 when she wrote them. But the biggest problem I have with this album are the lyrics. It's such a now I'm famous and fuck everybody kind of thing. Drives me really, really nuts. There are times when she calms down. (laughs) (laughs) Which you always want to say to a lady. Settle down now. Yeah. But there's just, I didn't change my number and songs like, I mean, that is such a fucking douchebag song. Yeah. Like a guy or a girl, whatever. What are you doing? Rachel, uh, what did you think about this album? Oh, I have a lot of mixed feelings. Part of me wants to be an asshole like you, but part of me actually really enjoyed this album. If you take out the fact that she's actually 19, maybe 18 when she wrote it, but it feels like she is on both sides of trying to mature herself in her lyrics and then remembering that she's a teenager. Cause like, I was like, oh, this feels like it's getting more mature than her other album. And then again, like you said, with the, I had to change my number and I was like, fuck you. You're a child, but I do appreciate with the first album, she had so much success. She wouldn't four Grammys. And I mean, she got so much success off of that. And coming from that one, you could take a little bit of that and be less of an asshole, maybe because for a teenager with no success, no fame, and then just to blow up crazily like that, I can maybe kind of understand where she's coming from with some of the lyrics and some of the stuff. But as far as album writing and technique, I don't feel like she skimped. I feel like it got better than the last album in that way. There's still a lot of... Production-wise? Yeah, there's... Well, it's still like got that experimental noises and stuff that her and her brother do. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't lazy, so I appreciated that about it. It wasn't the first album that I listened to from this block of albums. It was somewhere in the middle. And it made me realize I need to for this particular podcast, listen to things in different ways. Because I was, for the most part, just sitting at my computer with Spotify open, headphones on and a notepad, listening to stuff. The first time through this album, I'm like, eh, it's okay. I enjoyed it, but nothing was really memorable. And then one morning I had it on the Sono speakers as we were kind of getting ready for the day. And I'm like, I'm enjoying this a lot more in this setting. And it grew on me. And it's actually of the 10, the second favorite album oh, of the wow. group for me. Yeah, No kidding. Full disclosure, with a grain of salt, the lyrics are from an 
what, 18, 19 year old girl with all of the money in the world and none of the emotional maturity to deal with that kind of money or the fame or any of that. Of course, it's going to be a little wonky lyrically. I excuse that. In terms of like direction of her and her brother, they tried some different things. Most of them worked. Some of them didn't land like the little spoken word thing in the middle. I'm like, this is supposed to be poignant and provoke my thoughts. And it didn't. I really like it. I like the album. It's probably of the album's one of the few that I will listen to after this podcast. Awesome. For me, it was almost every other song about the middle side B, I guess we'll say. It just got so boring. And I don't know if it's because I had just gone through her first album Mm. and was actually really impressed. Kind of like what you're talking about now, Evil. That's how I was about her first album. Yeah. I love the idea of her brother and her just in his room mastering record they do all of this by themselves i know that's impressive incredibly impressive the lyrics got to me really badly in this one and where i could write off that she was young in the last one this one is just such a air of you don't have to feel bad for me i don't even care which it's like dude you're a fucking millionaire now yeah real relatable my favorite song on this album is Haley's comet i actually gave it one thumb down it did not impress me at all rachel what about you favorite song they all sounded the same but if i had to pick one i enjoyed goldwing i enjoyed the catholic choir feel at the top of that that was good Mm -hmm. one thumb up one thumb down it wasn't horrible but i can take it or leave it i'm not going to turn it off on the radio but i'm not going to turn it on on purpose either evil uh, favorite song and what do you rate it this will probably change as i listen to it more but when i stepped out of the i'm listening to this critically with a notepad headphones environment when i put it on just as like ambient music even though the title's really on the nose, Billy Bossa Nova was the one that I like enjoyed <laughs> really? the most. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm not listening to the content of the lyrics. I'm listening to how she's singing them. And she, the girl can sing. Oh, yeah. Uh, two thumbs up for me. Wow. I liked it. That's the I liked the album. You can put up. All right, Rachel, why don't you kick start us for album number two? What a mental breakdown in Wyoming looks like. Album number two is Donda by Kanye West. <laughs> Did he recorded this one in Wyoming too? I don't know, man. I, I assumed because there was the <laughs> off the grid and it felt very my place in Wyoming. The first hour of this album uh, was pretty painful. The second hour was possibly worse than the first. I just, I mean, I love Jesus, but I don't think I want to listen to somebody talk about him for, it felt like Mormon church. Three straight hours of stuff that I don't want to hear. Yeah. It was was bad. Well put. Except for the dog the chant at the head of the Oh, it was great. That was I loved it. I just want it. to hear more more of that word, which I know that's his mom who died. I don't right. know. Part of me is like, well, I can't hate on that too much. But yeah, I can. I'm not. Here's the thing. It could still be poorly He's not written. John and Yoko. Or is he? You know. Right. And we shat on John and Yoko John for and doing Yoko. that anyway. So we can shit on him too. It sucked. Have you seen that episode of Family Guy when Stewie's trying to wake Six up? Six minutes, <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> Yeah, Sorry, uh, do you have something profound to say about this album, David? Go ahead. Uh, we yeah. all know and and have known that Kanye has a big ego. What? And now we know has he has a big super ego and a big id too, because they all just spilled out onto an album mm-hmm. without any filter, uh, with high production value, and that's essentially what I feel like. That's Kanye West. He went into the studio with like a million ideas and just started recording and didn't pare anything down or is just like there and this is it and there you go yeah this is so probably gonna piss people off with this but (laughs) when jk rowling got to like the third harry potter book or the maybe it was the fourth (laughs) i swear to god she didn't have an editor anymore because everything got longer and harry and ron are mad at each other because hermione this and that for like 200 pages holy fuck (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and nobody would, is going to say anything because, well, she's J.K. Rowling. I feel like this is where he needs somebody in his corner to be like, hey, Kanye, this isn't good. You're a great producer. The sounds are great. There's some good ideas here, but none of it's flushed yeah. out. It's fucking boring he, as hell. He's capable of moments of brilliance. Yeah. There are like moments of that on here where I'm like, yes. In God Breathe, it's like this madrigal choir. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. ominous. It's such a good idea that he just drowns out in nothingness. And the last four songs being oh, part two God. of previous songs that are basically the same. 
same with different guest spots kind of i mean is that what i honestly didn't have the time or patience to go and listen to this three or four times because it's almost two hours long Mm -hmm. i was honestly proud of myself for getting through this once it was (laughs) It was hard. Same. So Rachel, you're a yeah. little more of a banger person who will like things just because of beats. Yeah. You still didn't like this. I will never voluntarily listen to another song on this album. <laughs> I'm not a fucking social warrior. I don't give a shit. And I don't understand why he decided that he needed to bring in at this moment in time that he needed to bring in Chris Brown and Marilyn Manson. Once he realized Marilyn Manson was going through all the multiple claims that he's going through, Kanye was like, oh, let's just have him on. And it wasn't a guest spot where, hey, this would be so good if Marilyn Manson was on it. You can tell that he just threw him in. I don't understand why he did that. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's taking the bait. Why does Kanye do what he does? Nobody knows. There's the time. Good timing. (laughs) Rachel, favorite song and rate this. Hurricane, actually, because The Weeknd saved it. I was kind of into that one out of all of them. And then if I had to pick, if I had more than two thumbs to put down, I would pick that. But no thumbs way down. No thumbs up for this gentleman. Evil, what about you? Favorite song, or I wrote least worst song, actually. True. The second track, Jail. I am a fan of triumphant music. This is why I like rock. This is why I like metal. And he is so... There's no beat in it. There is no beat until the end. I don't know. Cadence, I guess? I don't know what you... Yeah. yeah. There is this underlying notion of a beat that isn't explicitly there. And I think that's what make this makes this track like very genius. It's not acapella, but it's close. I enjoyed that track in particular. I'm going to give it one solid thumb down and one turn three quarters down because there are moments of genius on this. There are. I love Kanye. I do love Kanye when he's on. I do too. And he was in pieces here. I actually really love his production. I think he's one of the best producers of the last 20 years. But this album, I chose my favorite song is God Breathed. I just love that magical chant that he has going on in the back. Sign me up for that anytime, anywhere. But I gave this no thumbs. No thumbs up, no thumbs down. It's extremely disappointing coming from Kanye West. Just like you said, there's brilliance in here, but there's so much shit to wade through to find that brilliance. Yeah. Yeah. That is album number two. Let's move on to album number three. Canada's answer to the genre that is America's rap music. (laughs) Number three, Drake Certified Lover Boy. I have one word note on this. It's just no. (laughs) I found a quote online. I'm going to paraphrase it. Drake is like McDonald's. It's the same thing it always has and always will be. You know exactly what you're getting, and somehow you're still disappointed each and every time. And that's all I have to say about this album. Now, while- I don't like Drake. I, I really, there's like maybe one song of his that I've actually enjoyed. I just don't like soft serve hip-hop yeah whatever it is that he does it does not do it for me at all so this is the first drake album i've ever listened to which is extremely unfortunate because of that i did a lot of research on him i did this on purpose i did kanye and drake's albums right next to each other because apparently drake came out with this album early when he found out kanye's album was coming out because they have this stupid fucking beef because of what i don't even know why but here's the thing this is what is hilarious about this drake's whole album is all this i don't give a fuck yeah you said this but i'm still the man this and that and this and that kanye's album was about his mom and god kanye is not in this he doesn't give a fuck about any of this drake is battling a fucking tree stump (laughs) This album sucks so fucking bad, you guys. Like, this is this is one of the worst albums I've ever heard in my life. I swear. There was nothing redeeming. I get I take that back. There is a Lil Wayne Rick Ross part of a song towards the end that is redeeming. This fucking sucks. I can't believe people love Drake so much. I don't get it. Rachel, what do you think about it? I this album? loved it. I thought it was the best. <laughs> 
Just kidding. It fucking sucks. I'm sorry. I don't, I wanted to be the spend in this situation, but it was garbage. I have never liked Drake. Such, I, such an asshole, but he's Canadian. He's not even like American. He's not even tough. And it makes me so frustrated <laughs> that he talks about all these hard ass, like fucking bitches and all this stuff. And it's just like, do you, I bet you respect every woman that you talk to. I bet you don't fuck any bitches. Yeah. I bet you were in a committed relationship to the mom of the kid you have it feels fake and like you said it feels like he's arguing with no one like who are you yelling at yeah everybody doubt me he's like the number one selling rat which how by the way how the fuck does he sell so much this is garbage i love his lone wolf song i'm a lone wolf he said with 78 people featured on his album what the fuck are you talking about he doesn't have real friends that was in there too that was in there i don't know i I literally wrote no, and that I left it there. And girls like girls, where he's from? Oh my god! Did you guys god. hear that lyric? What does that fucking mean? I had talked about this with Sven during the Joiner Lucas review, which I don't know if you guys have ever listened to him, but he sucks too. <laughs> These rhymes have not been funny since two thousand one, and even then they were like, "Eh, this is a little bit." Come on, Eminem! Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What is he trying to say with that? Any guy that says, "Yeah, you say that you're a lesbian girl," me too. Oh. As a non-lesbian, I just want to say, fuck off, <laughs> stay in your lane, getting in with lesbians. No, lesbians are lesbians because they don't like you. Yeah. Have you Not met a because... lesbian Drake? No, I think he has. I never, ever, ever want to meet a lesbian Drake. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to point out that Drake used to be on Degrassi. So. That's all we need to know. That's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Evil. I have a feeling I know what you're going to rate this, but what's your favorite song on the album? What did I write? Least worst song. No friends in the yeah. industry because I feel like it's true. Oh, that was, um, yeah, probably. That was like, dare I say, the hardest song on the album. So two thumbs down. I'm, I just All I'm, of them. All I'm, of the thumbs down. Okay. I will borrow yeah. thumbs to put down. Toes. So my favorite song on this album is You Only Live Twice. And that's because Lil Wayne and Rick Ross are on it. And they're actually really good on it. This is terrible. Two thumbs down. Fuck this album. <laughs> like, Drake versus Kanye. We just talked about the Kanye album. I don't even like it. But that is 100 times better than this shit. Uh, Rachel, what do you got? I liked Love All just because I really like Jay-Z. The whole album was garbage, but Jay-Z on it helped a little bit for me. Thumbs directly to hell where this album should be. Proud of you, Rachel. There was a part of me that was worried. It's like, how pop banger is she? she This pop? Mm -mm. Okay, thank God. Well, everyone who likes Drake, enjoy the other podcast you're going to start listening to. (laughs) I'm not sorry about that at all. (laughs) Let's get to our next album. Guys, we have a problem. What? Tori Amos took way too much Prozac. (laughs) Album number four is Halsey. If I can't have love, I want power. (laughs) So I want to start this by saying that I have never liked Halsey at all. Nothing that she's done. She's boring. She's very one-dimensional. It's like a less talented that doesn't produce their own music image and heap. I started this song number one, which is what? Tradition? Mm-hmm. The tradition? I can get behind this. Like this piano part is amazing. Mm-hmm. All right. And then Santa Fe comes. And I'm like, I like the this lyrical concept is good. What's going on here? The next song comes on. I'm like, wait, this is fucking Trent Reznor. Exactly. You didn't figure that out with the first and song? Then I, no, Honestly? no, it wasn't until the third song. And I was like, this is Trent Reznor. And then the fourth song started and I was like, wait. <laughs> and I, I went and looked and it's Atticus and Trent Reznor. So I, you got yeah, me. Right. For anybody that doesn't know, I don't think we've talked about it. One of my favorite albums of all time, besides just being obsessed with Trent Reznor, who isn't, that's my age, the social network, the score to the social network by Atticus and Trent Reznor is one of my favorite albums of all time. So they already had me. I was sold right when I figured that out. There is a big part of me that is very, fuck you, you one-dimensional girl that gets to sing in front of this. You do not deserve this. It needs some anger. I'm tired of the jaded, calm, whatever, I don't care vocals of the new age. I want- Passion. Yeah. And I- didn't get that from this, but I got a lot of songs that I really, really like. I am super disappointed that you didn't figure out it was Trent Reznor <laughs> after the first 30 seconds of... P- it's piano. It's just but piano. But then re-listen to it and you're like, oh, well, yeah, I'm an idiot. I did that. No offense. At song three, I was like, how the fuck did it... But seriously, I thought it was great. I did read that she had written it when she was pregnant and a lot of it was kind of 
about being pregnant and how like a weird, scary, happy mix of emotions thing that is. So I dug that aspect of it because, you know, I've had a kid so I can relate. Okay. Number one, she has pronouns. They're she, they, and I I want to, as a shaved head, muscular, testosterone fueled (laughs) Van Halen listening to 45 year old white male, I'm probably going to botch something by saying stuff here. I want to acknowledge that I respect that. And if I save the wrong words, I'm Sorry. Wait, what did it, what does that mean? And what did I just, did I just fuck up? No, I actually, I I, I looked up ahead of time, but she's fine with she and she's fine with they. Fair enough. So Uh, either way, we're not fucking it up. I didn't want to, I said. Good. I was mowing the lawn the first time I listened to it. It was track two where I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is Nine Inch Nails. And I paused, Mm -hmm. pulled out my phone, looked. I'm like, oh yeah, it is Nine Inch Nails. When I was a kid, I was terrified of Nine Inch Nails. I feel the same way. There's stuff on here that I really like. First two tracks, solid. And then it started to kind of be confusing. I felt like her songwriting and the production fought a little yeah. bit on some of the other tracks. I think it came back together on 1121 or 1121. I don't know how to, what that is. And Whispers. But some of the other tracks were like, I don't know if these were the right producers for these songs. Or she didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. uh, It got repetitive at times with her vocal lines. But overall, it was a surprise to hear those first two tracks. I was like, what the hell? This... Yeah, I have more to say about this album way later in the podcast. Oh, okay. It was 1121, by the way. 1121, it was the day she found out she was Ah, pregnant. I wondered that. Why didn't she put like a slash or a... Just to confuse people, maybe. It worked. I'm simpleton. There were parts of this that bugged me in her performance. Because of her, it almost sounds like a metric-y, which I love the band Metric, but it, it sounds like more of a poppy synth i just i have a hard time you got atticus and trent fucking resner Mm -hmm. this is the best production duo maybe ever and she's just so blasé with it i did like it i will go first i'm still trying to figure it i loved i'm not a woman i'm a god but man this girl is so goddamn lucky i don't know how she (laughs) pulled off getting this i'm giving it two thumbs up i don't know if it's because I was so jaded after hearing the crap that I had had to sift through, (laughs) but I did. I gave this two thumbs up. 1121 is my favorite song on the album. I will listen to that a ton after this. Rachel, what's your favorite song and what'd you give it? I'm going to go with Tradition. That was my second favorite. The piano was so good. good. It was so great. It was such a good opener into the album. Honorable mention to Girl is a Gun because it was speedy and dope and sounded like cocaine. I I give it one and mostly the other thumb up. It's not perfect, but it's really great. I really, really. The girl is a gun is when it fell apart for me, though. Really? You can't have Trent Reznor doing his perfect drug shit behind you and then just be like, it doesn't. Yeah, it was disconnected. It mixes it up. No. Evil, what about you? Uh, The tradition, also my favorite. I need more time with this album, more than the preparation period for this particular type of podcast. I'll give it one thumbs up currently. That could be revised to... I have a feeling we might be talking about this somewhere down the line towards the end of the year, maybe. That is album number four. Good job, Halsey. I can't believe I'm saying this, but you kind of made me like you. Hmm. Hey, Drake, all you need to do is get Trent Reznor to help you out. (laughs) Hot tip. Yeah. All right, Rachel, what do we have next? Next, we have How to Learn About Soft Drink Percussion, Modest Mouse, The Golden Casket. I don't know what that means. But soft I drink like percussion. It. Uh, okay. Oh, because they used so many different sounds in this, different instruments. They stayed away from guitars, yeah. apparently, a lot, which I didn't really notice until I went back and listened to it and thought, oh, there isn't a lot of guitar in there. There was, Peloso is at one point credited with playing a fun machine, the piano, mini Korg, uh, a Krumar, and then Brock plays a banjo, melodica, vibra slap, space phone, and a and soft drink percussion, which I would assume is some sort of 
Soda like a straw can? going. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I love fun machines. They're just this, they're a little drum machine. I love, love fun, fun machine. machines. That's what I call my penis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's really awesome. <laughs> you really didn't touch on if you actually liked the album or not, or, or songs or anything. I didn't care for it, to be honest. I haven't listened to a ton of Otto's Mouse, to be honest, outside of what hits the radio waves. But I was not super into this one. This one I kind of had to force myself to listen to. My first note was, as if Modest Mouse weren't already weird and quirky enough. (laughs) Fuck your acid trip. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Over and over again. Right? It's like smattered with really interesting parts. (laughs) I'm trying to be nice here. Uh, The vocals always have killed it for me for Modest Mouse. I had not liked a Modest Mouse album in a a while. Um, I'm a Modest Mouse fan. As much as I can be, so, oh wow, we're going to rabbit hole here. Uh, We only have six minutes, David. I'll just say this. There are major, major Built to Spill fans, which I am one of them, that tend to think that Modest Mouse just did everything Built to Spill did a year later (laughs) for their whole career. And I am one of those people. That said, there were parts of this album that I fucking dug. They have these really, really twangy, heavy guitar parts. Mm -hmm. I will say that as far as lyrics, Isaac Brock writes some of my favorite lyrics I've ever read in my life. Handed every single answer, but we never seem to learn. All of the song Wooden Soldiers lyrics... Friends are just a chain of texts, but there should be more than this. I've always loved his lyrics, and that doesn't change in this album. It was odd, but I enjoyed this, and there are a couple songs that might be my favorite out of the whole bin from this album. Wow. I have a little asterisk next to Walking and Running. I'm like, this song has potential. The vocals killed it for me. I liked it. I love the chorus when they kind of, they, nah, 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 nah. I loved that. I thought that, and uh, Evil didn't. It's not my thing. But the song itself, I thought, had a lot of potential. Really interesting sonic adventures in this, in Modest Mouse in general, but this album in particular. It's interesting stuff. It's just not for me. They were absolutely on drugs <laughs> with this, yes, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at the fucking album cover for Christ. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> How many shrooms did you do before you made that? You're right. Is that all you got, Rachel? Uh, on this? Uh, no. There's a way too much dinking around for me, which I think that's a detriment for bands yeah. that very obviously were on drugs when they wrote an album. Yeah. Even Wooden Soldiers. I love the lyrics to Wooden mm-hmm. Soldiers and the thought of it, but it's such a clusterfuck. <laughs> what are you doing with this song? There's this weird awesomeness to some of them that I love. Favorite song. I'd say Wooden Soldiers. I agree with you. A lot of stuff just didn't... It was a little... Yeah, clusterfucky didn't really make a lot of sense. There didn't seem to be a good overall theme outside of drugs and we're all going to die. That vibe, at (laughs) least towards the end of it. Thumbs down, both of them. I didn't didn't really care for this. Oh, wow. Maybe one slightly to the side, but not really. Evil. Favorite song, We Are Between. I thought that was the most cohesive, maybe. I liked the like jangly guitars. The chorus was pretty good. As far as thumbs, similar to Kanye. One down, one to the side. I think there's really good ideas in here. It just, and this is a stylistic thing. It just didn't. Yeah. Vocals are a big piece of it. I don't like their vocals. Sometimes they land, and those are the songs you hear on the radio because they land for everybody. But for the most part, not my thing. I One thumbs up on this one. The, I think there's a lot of good stuff on this. I definitely don't think it's all good. My favorite song was Walking and Running. So where you, I think, probably didn't like that because of his vocal style, there are times where I love, I think his vocal style fits yeah. perfectly. And fits. Walking and Running was one of them. In fact, Walking and Running... I've listened to that so many times this week, and it's probably on my running mix now. I love that song. I love it. In fairness, if there's a a song on this album that I'll listen to moving forward regularly, that would be the one. All right. Hey, that's five albums. I'm so proud of you. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. We are back. We are halfway done. Evil, 
You've been drinking Long Island iced teas. How are you feeling? <laughs> I feel great. I feel better than I did listening to most of this music that we're talking about tonight. Yeah. yeah. Apologies to Metallica. Up next, we're giving our thoughts on the 17th album from the world's biggest heavy metal band, Up the Motherfucking Irons, Iron Maiden Sinjutsu. Up the irons, bitches. <laughs> All right, Evil. Uh, I loved it. It's Iron Maiden. Of course, I'm going to love it. It's probably my favorite album of theirs since 2000. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. I I need to listen to it back to back with their previous release, which was like six years ago. But I really like this album. There's a lot going on in there. It's dark. It's moody. The drums are great. The guitar solos are great. They're kind of not Iron Maiden guitar solos, which was interesting to me. Keyboards were an odd choice. I don't know how I feel about the keys in it, but for the most part, I really enjoy it. I mean, this is on brand for me. I'm an Iron Maiden fan. They did a good job. I like the album. You know, I could I could do a whole podcast on this. I'm trying to be <laughs> concise here. Let you guys hate concise. on it if you need to. I, some of the songs are ridiculously long. Oh. I love that. I know most people are going to be like, oh my God, a 12 minute Iron Maiden song, you know? So. Okay. Okay. Look. Okay. <laughs> Evil, this album is not good. <laughs> so I like Iron Maiden. I really do. I love this old Iron Maiden. Jesus Christ, David. Uh, I, yeah, sorry. This, to me, in my humble opinion, this is not Iron Maiden. This is old guys trying to be Iron Maiden. <laughs> Shit. What made Iron Maiden so amazing back in the day were these 10 minute songs where they just fucking shred and they make these amazing structure of song that works. I swear to God, I can hear the oldness in these songs. They're old. They're back to their original singer, right? Bruce Dickinson. Yeah. Dickinson. Yeah. This uh, lineup has been in place since 2000. He can't carry this album. He's too old. He He's can't do it, man. Cancer. He's, I mean, you know. Exactly. <clears throat> Evil where you like it and you're always going to like it. And I sure. get that. I really yeah. do. I find it depressing as fuck. <laughs> Great hooks. And you can hear the bits of Iron Maiden in it, but it's fucking depressing. It's these eight minute tracks, which I am usually cool with with them, but it's the same thing over and over. Similar themes, kind of different ways. They just have so little to give at this point is what it sounds like to me. Uh, what do you think, Rach? I'm just glad that you guys have so much to say because I have so little to say. Um, except cut all of your songs by like 10 minutes. Um, I, I unfortunately have not listened to a lot of Iron Maiden or metal, and I really have nothing to compare this to outside of like <laughs> Bill and Ted. I don't know, I, which is <laughs> obviously uh, not even comparable, but pretty good. it all sounded this. It's it's just like probably, Dave, the first time you listen to K-pop, everything sounds exactly the same. And unfortunately, because I don't have a lot of background in metal, I can't really differentiate the songs. I don't know what's good, what's bad. You think it's horrible. Evil thinks it's great. Uh, I'm going to probably... Here's an unfair thing that I do. But at the same time, it's kind of, for me, it says a lot. And that is that I have always, like, I don't think I'm alone. A lot of people do. I've always compared Iron Maiden to Judas Priest. And Evil knows... There are a couple of newer Judas Priest albums I fucking love. I think are some of the best <laughs> they've ever done. And where I think Judas Priest has found this weird way of at least st- staying the same, if not even going up, Iron Maiden is just this steady decline for me. And this is the biggest example for me of it. I just, I really thought it was bad. It just made me sad. That, that makes sense. Iron Maiden's huge. They're an enormous band. They've sold over 100 million albums yeah. worldwide with zero radio play. They're a huge well, band. Biggest metal band of all time. H- huge fan base. And the fan base is split over this album. Same oh, okay. like you and I are right yeah. now. The thing with Judas Priest is they've had success recently by kind of being a cover band of what they used to be. Iron Maiden is doing new shit for better or for worse. They've kind of turned into like a prog rock metal band, I guess you could say. I think it's interesting because they're just like, fuck it, we're doing this. We're Iron Maiden. 
the long songs are heavily debated within the fandom. Some love it, some hate it. The production, some love it, some hate it. Keyboards on this album, I'm like, I don't know if I like that or not. I I need to listen to this more. So that's a fair assessment. That's fair. Evil, what you got? I feel like this particular review should go on at least 10 minutes because the songs on this album (laughs) seem to go on forever. That's fair. By that logic, we have to talk about Kanye, Kanye. West for an hour. So. <laughs> at least. Oh, fuck my life. Uh, I, I, I take all of that back. I really like the song Parchment. It's awesome. It has a great outro, but it was a little too long for me. So I went with Days of Future Past. That was the one that stuck out to me the most. I am going Sinjutsu. That's my favorite song. That was just the basic Iron Maiden. And I did enjoy yeah. that very much. I am giving one thumb down. It's It was depressing. And because of the depression, it was unenjoyable for me. Uh, Rachel, what you got? I was also going to pick Days of Future Past because I love X-Men. Um, <laughs> if I was to give it a thumb any direction, it would be to the side because I really, I don't feel like I know metal well enough to judge so I'm going to not judge. But I judged K-pop and you I don't know anything about it. You studied really, really hard on K-pop for a long time yeah, for that. You, it ruined my life. Okay. <clears throat> I didn't give thumbs up. I, I, I'll give it one thumb up. Oh, okay. Just what? I was expecting yeah. two. All right. One no, and a half? I mean, it's not number of the beast. Come on. I have high metal expectations. I appreciate that you're not for sale. All right. <laughs> let's go to the next album. That's you. Oh, look. I see 2020 broke Andrew WK. We are all so (laughs) fucked. Album number seven. God is partying. Andrew WK. (laughs) So I swear when this album first started, it was, wait, this is Iron Maiden. He's so serious. Mm -hmm. It's so heavy. What the fuck? This is not Andrew WK. What is I know. What it's just so it's so hard to take him seriously, and he's trying so hard to be serious in this. This is my metaphor. I wrote. It's like if you were at a bar and Tony Robbins walked in and sat down, ordered a whiskey, and shot it back, ordered another, and then started bitching about his life. (laughs) (laughs) How do how do you deal with that? That giant head and those big hands. I'm totally serious. Everybody (laughs) sins, and then Babylon kicks. I don't know how to deal with this. Like, how do you deal with Andrew WK and being like, oh? I'm serious now. Life is shit. Towards the end, it gets to a lot more. You can kind of see what his vision was. And I think he was trying to do a, you know, life is hard and then it's going to get better and I'm going to figure it out. But I could not figure this album out. I don't know. I... The thing about his, especially like his debut, there are amazing singles on that album. But as a whole album... It's very samey. It's all like overly produced, wall of production, wall of sound, but lots of fun. And mm-hmm. this is different. I like that he tried to go in a different direction. It doesn't sound like Andrew WK at all. So I don't know if it lands. You're right, though. When somebody's doing the same thing for 10 years, all of a sudden he tries something yeah. else. Yeah, that's that's admirable. But at the same time, it's... It's interesting. But does it work? Does it work? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I hear like elements of Queen in there. There's even a song that I'm like, this sounds like Devin Townsend. And I like Devin Townsend, but do I want to hear... I'm in heaven. I'm in heaven. Yeah, that's like... Evil, imaginary handshake, because <clears throat> yeah. these are my notes for I'm in heaven. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. Here's the Andrew WK kind of note. Wait a minute. Evil, has he been hanging out with Devin Townsend? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those are my notes for I'm in heaven. I feel like I need more time with it. It's hard to chew. Is Did, did 2020 break Andrew WK? It might. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Rachel, are you a previous Andrew WK person? And what did you think of this album? I don't know enough about him to like him or not like him. I was so confused, this whole album. There were so many emotions, yeah. and I didn't know. I was scared, and then I was like, oh, no, there's a rock ballad now. Now I'm ha- Now this is fine, and he loves his father. And <laughs> I didn't know what the next song was going to bring, and it was really unnerving. Was that kind of cool, though? Uh, if it wasn't such extreme emotions, I think, then yeah. it would be, oh, this is a fun change. But it was like terrifying rock ballad i'm scared again what's going on 
Is this a Halloween movie? <laughs> yeah. All of my notes were, this is confusing. Why do I hate this song? Wait a minute. Seriously, what the hell Wait. is going on? Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Here we go. Here's the Angie. De- Wait, Devin Townsend. Okay, okay. For real this time, here we go. Nope. Just waiting for the shoe to drop. Yep. And it never drops. I'm curious if I give it more time, if it as an album will be more interesting than his previous stuff where it's like the, the main tracks are the ones you kind of listen it's to. It's very like, not on brand for me, <laughs> but I actually, I really like Andrew WK. Yeah. He's such an earnest. Yes. He's a really genuinely good dude. Yeah. Was this album too much of a mirror for you? Dude, Andrew, you need to be my yin to my yang. <laughs> I gave it two thumbs down. This album is nothing. It's a boring piece of blah. I really liked, I think I made it. And that's probably going to continue to be on mixes for me. I really did like the end of this album where it becomes positive again. Yeah, it was not good. Rachel. Oh gosh. Least worst song, as my friend Eva would say. (laughs) Maybe remember your oath because it felt like a good 80s ballad for me. I'm going to thumbs down. No thumbs up for this guy. I'm interested to hear uh, what you thought, Evil. I don't know what I think about this album. <laughs> so really many don't. feelings. I like Everybody Sins. I thought I, it's a good opener. I don't know if it's a good yeah. opener for an Andrew WK album. I like I'm in Heaven. Like I said, Heavy heavy Debbie. That's Devin Townsend, Devin Townsend right there. All the way. I don't know if I like Andrew WK putting on Devin Townsend clothes. <laughs> I also picked, I made it as my favorite song because it feels like the most Andrew WK song on this album, but I need to listen to it more. I'm going to give it one thumbs up. I'm going to reserve the right to turn that down or add to it. Hey, does living in your small town make you want to turn on the gas in your double wide and (laughs) close all the windows? The Pressure Machine by The Killers. Killers Pressure Machine. The only killers that I have really listened to is radio killers. So yes, this is absolutely completely different. But as a writer and reader, I really enjoyed the theme, that there was a theme, that it was very easy to pick out for me. I felt like it had a very light, correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny Cash feel to it. No one? (laughs) No? I thought a little more Bruce Springsteen-ish. Mm-hmm. I did feel a little John Cougar Mellencamp in there as well. Yes. Fine. I really liked that they had this, I live in a depressing town and want to die theme, mm-hmm. but it didn't seem like they were beating it to death. I was intrigued. <sighs> <laughs> Evil's making a face. Intrigued by every song because it was different. It was the different aspects of why my town is so shitty and why I hate my life. Because there's so many reasons why you can hate your life. And they just covered all of them. Evil, do you have something to say? My first note (laughs) was spiritual machines meets gummo. Okay, Um, yeah. (laughs) And then I said, what if Roger Klein and the Peacemakers wrote an unfun, unlikable album? Oh, shit. Uh, Some of the songs really stuck with me. Like, what's the opening track? West West Hills. Hills. West Hills. I wrote, there's something so compelling about this opening track that makes me hate it even more. Wow, really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Hillbilly, heroin pills, and killing... It felt... Let me tell you, can I take a stab at this? Oh, of course, please. Stab it a bunch of times in the chest so it dies and I never have to listen to it again. Please, go ahead. Man! Okay, oh, wow, okay. This is a problem that I had with this album that maybe is a little bit on point for you. This is actually where What's-His-Fuck grew up. He grew up in a small, shitty town. And so I can see this was a, a music writing thing where he came back to his town and he looked around and he really tried to write about it. But to me, when I think of the killers, I think of the three-piece suit Vegas. Yeah. And yeah. this album feels like this rich three-piece suit guy going back to his hometown and looking down on it. Look at how horrible these peasants act with their heroin pills and their this and their that. Wow. I know what his intentions and it's completely unfair because he grew up there and he deserves to write songs about it. But for me, all I see is this super millionaire dude going back to his hometown and trying as best he can to write his homage piece. And you've written about your hometown in this completely dickish way. I don't think, I don't think that's fair. Okay. So here's where, you know, 
an hour ago, half an hour, depending on how you edit this, uh, we were judging <laughs> Billie Eilish for being like, oh, well, now she's rich bitch and that's all she's talking about. And when like a couple years ago, she was nobody. Now you're judging Brandon Flowers for talking about a life that he actually lived you know, 20 years ago. Did he though? That's completely fair. And that's why I've said mm-hmm. that I think that there's a part of me that's wrong with that. But what the fuck do you want people to write about? They can't write about their past when they were poor and they can't write about now when they're like rich and complain about it. He's not writing about his past. Right. He's writing about the people in his hometown. He's not saying I did this and I did. He's saying even the beginning of the album is him interviewing people. These simple Tims that are still there and they're going to be there the whole life. That's unfair. That's not, he doesn't say that. It is super unfair. I think it's fair. This is actually being stuck in a shitty town and not being able to get out is a lot more relatable probably for a lot more people than Billie Eilish's problems. I can see why people would really like this album. I really want to talk about this album more. I really do. You are completely right in calling me out on that. That's that's completely fair. I just still think I'm right. <laughs> Rachel, what's your favorite song on this and what do you rate it? I really liked Terrible Thing. It kind of had a Pedro the Lion vibe to it. Nice pull. You should be on a music podcast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll look around, see what I can find. Um, I'm going to give it two thumbs up. It was great. I really enjoyed it. All the way through. All right. Good. That actually makes also me happy. Also Phoebe Bridgers. Oh, Phoebe Bridgers. Phoebe Bridgers. Phoebe Bridgers is the Ooh, shit. It was good. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you on yeah. that. Evil. Ugh. Least worst <laughs> song, The Car Outside. You hated this. Um, I did not like it at all. No. It's misery porn. <laughs> That's such a better way to put this. And, and it's fair. And it's juxtaposed against someone like Roger Klein, who grew up in a very in southwestern United States, very similar. And yet his song, he writes about the positive vibes and and it's these two songwriters' individual experiences. I identify with a guy who loves life. I love That's that. Fine. <laughs> Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, the killers. I'm the metal guy on here, and I'm like the one who's being like, let's be happy. And, and what the fuck is wrong with you guys? That's fair. <sighs> I guess it. Where are your thumbs? I'm, I'll give it one down. Oh. That opening track sticks in my head. And there's something about their songwriting, their playing, that is amazing. But it, like I said, it makes me hate it more. I'm like, fuck, use your powers for good, you idiots. Yeah. Sorry. I gave this one thumb up. West Hills, one of the best songs to me out of this whole bunch. Okay. Let's go into the next album. Tore my heart out, burned it up. Gentlemen, Sven here. Thanks for letting me jump in on album number nine. The ninth album of tonight is Tonight by Pure Nonsense. Mark, my good friend Mark. Good job, man. Your album's pretty kick-ass. I'd say overall it has a... A nostalgic feel for me, I think. Um, kind of takes me back to just kind of a musical journey as I develop my tastes for rock. This album probably kind of, I think, at least for me, runs parallel with with parts of that journey. Um, the way you laid out the songs, composition. Some of the highlights for me, the, the guitar work on Old Soul. Um, I mean, right from the intro, that was pretty cool. Uh, I think Kent, Kent Kohler playing slide and lead guitar. So shout out to Kent. The acapella vocals at the intro to Spaceman, that was another one that I I love when there's something right at the start that makes me go, ooh, you know? So those were a couple of my highlights. I think overall, my favorite song, ooh, this one's going to be hard. Yeah, I think I'm going to say Someday. I think it was because I was listening to it driving around one day, and it was a song I kind of played over and over. It just uh, I don't, it sounded really good in my truck, and... There's something about music that I can listen to while driving. It's one of my favorite activities. So uh, I'm going with Someday. I'm going to give the entire album tonight a thumbs up. So uh, Mark, can't wait to follow what you do next. And uh, hey, DL, Rachel, and Evil, thanks for letting me jump in late. I will see you guys now. Pure Nonsense. 
Tonight, the album. This is by Mark Kowal, Dick Darling, and Scott Brooks. I thought about this. I thought about this for weeks. I can't not be biased with this album. I can't say anything negative about this album and not feel like a piece of shit. And I can't kiss its ass and not admit that at first that I'm biased. So instead of what I'm going to do is I'm going to say that parts of this album that I think are good, I'm going to name. And that's probably going to be that. I will say that what's incredibly impressive is that this is produced by someone that's not a producer. It, it was handed into master but it was produced, it was made, some dudes from Detroit. And this is very Detroit rock, which I would imagine they'd see as a compliment. Fire, their opener is a very Journey-esque sort of thing. Something to Lose goes very U2. It's just a very, you can tell what their influences are and you hear it through the whole album. I wrote Time Capsule. This reminds me of music that I may have written in post-grunge era late 90s like from my own personal influences so i get where they're coming from and their passion for this music it's a mishmash of a lot of stuff to your point it's not fair to criticize a passion project like this the same way that you would people whose professional vocation is writing pop bangers yeah (laughs) yeah so but i want them to be able to do what they do and do it even better and I feel like the drums overpower the mix. And this is this is just production issues. I mean, these guys are not working with like high-level producers and like like my major Absolutely. criticisms would be probably alleviated by working with a producer, someone who's going to cut the fat here and tweak things there and create a vision for the album, kind of pull stuff together so it's not like all over the place influence-wise. I mean, there's some like killer guitar solos on this that I, yeah. are buried in the mix that I want like pulled up forward. Like he shreds. Yeah, it's very familiar music to me. It's not like derivative or generic or cliche, but it, if I knew where the songs were going, because it draws on the same stuff that I would have the late '90s kind of. Yeah. It straddles somewhere between the refreshments and like Oleander. I don't know. I mean, that those are those are two things that came. That to is mind. a soundbite and- that's gonna make Mark fucking cream his pants. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many similar thoughts as Evil. I had written down again, the guitar solo stuff was really, really good. A little bit of piano intro and something to lose. Like Evil said, it felt very familiar. It felt very, there wasn't a lot of diversity maybe throughout the the songs. I wanted a little bit more. Yeah. And it made it feel a little bit dated. It felt like late high school alternative stuff that I would have listened to then. Out of the albums, it definitely is above the won't listen to it ever again. Like I wouldn't turn it off. It's good for alternative. It's good for house cleaning. There's really good stuff in this album. I think the work in Spaceman is fantastic. The backup vocals, fucking Roxy Reese in Innocent Man, just ripping it. I love the drums through this whole thing. And maybe that kind of bites a little bit off of what Evil was talking about. I personally like it because I think the drummer, Scott Brooks, just kills it. It's impressive. It's as indie as it gets. And I'm not going to hate on that. So now it's hard to with the right criticism and direction. Where could this mm-hmm. go? That's what I want to see. That's There's well so many ideas. Like the last song is like all of a sudden horns out of nowhere. I'm like, where were you guys? And then, like, <laughs> yeah, well, I think the problem with things like this is you can only afford horns in sure. You know, That's 30 true. seconds of, yeah (laughs) evil what's your favorite song and thumbs up or thumbs down i thought the opening track fire was the strongest i'm i'll get i want to give it a thumbs up and that's contingent on them sharpening working on and honing the craft because i want that to be a solid two thumbs up on whatever comes next but don't fuck up because that thumb could go (laughs) down fuck it up (laughs) (laughs) rachel yeah Hey, I agree with Evil on everything. Uh, I picked Fire as well. The guitar solo, that was that was really good. Um, and I agree, it's... Was it Fire? It was, was that guitar solo yeah, Fire? It was lit, as the kids say. <laughs> it gets one thumb up. They just need a little love. They just need a little hug from a producer. My favorite song is Spaceman. I really like the vocals in that. I love the drums. I'm giving it two thumbs up, man. You guys, you made an album, probably had these 
songs in your head for 20 years. Fucking good for you. Do your damn thing. I'm not going to hate on that. One more album. OMG, as if 2021 couldn't get any better. Randy Marsh has dropped an album. Number 10, (laughs) Lords Solar Power. I didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) That's just gonna, it's well put, evil. (laughs) This felt like what a Lord album would sound like if Lord got really famous, moved to California, got all dressed up in a gown for an awards show, started having pool parties with T Swift, got all like intoxicated on pills in Hollywood, went home, fell asleep in her dress. (laughs) <laughs> listening to some Jack Johnson. And you know how when you're listening to music and you go to sleep, it kind of yeah. gets pulled into your right. dreams, but it's like a wonky version of that. Yeah, that's that's, all, that's what this <laughs> that's album right. is. It's an, and it's not good. I didn't like it at all. I really liked Lord's first album. I love. Oh my God, it's so good. It really was. But where do you go from Royals? It was one of the biggest songs of a year. And the song is all about you're poor and you don't give a shit. We yep. count our dollars on the train to the party. We don't need your fucking crystal and your parties and your trash in the hotel rooms and shit. And now she's partying with T Swift. Where do you go from there? You can't, <laughs> sorry, bro. You can't recover from that. And what makes it even worse no. is this album is such a, Hey man, you know, just go to Hawaii or Cali and, and live on the beach and things are great. <laughs> and you, you're going to do great if you just live <laughs> in the sun. It is such a 180 and it's such a, are you really that fucking tone deaf that you're going to go from Royals to, hey, we're hanging out on the beach and life is great. Here's my album. Uh, Rachel, did you like this? If I had lyric blinders on, then I could have, I could have been better with Elsa's album. It was fine. It was so heavy on the Jack Antonoff. It was really hard to ignore. Also, listening to these 10 album lyrics and and how they were relatable and how they were not relatable. And having never gone to the Met Gala and watched models (laughs) dance around. You haven't? No. It wasn't relatable at all. It was such a far cry from her first album. It's the opposite of what Billie Eilish did. The the Now I'm Famous and, you know, fuck you. Mm -hmm. I don't need your number. Bleep, blah, bleep, blah. (laughs) She was, yeah, now I'm rich and I'm in the sun and I'm on the beach. And there's something about that that I I respect. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, write what you know. And this is what she knows now. The huge missed opportunity here. And this is from this block of 10 albums. I would so much rather have heard a Lord album produced by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross than a Halsey album. Because that could have been brilliant. Yeah. But instead, hippies and sunshine and flowers Mm -hmm. and money everywhere. And I don't even know how to categorize this album. I don't (laughs) Is this the new folk? You remember when 311 came out with Amber? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I wish I didn't, but now I do. (laughs) Wait, we'll we'll never be royals. Well, now you're royals. So (laughs) good luck with that. I made the mistake of actually pausing and being like, I really thought Lord was good. And I listened to Royals and I'm like, oh yeah, she was. <laughs> and now she's really not anymore. And if I forget all other Lord stuff and just listen to this, I'm kind of into like the 60s hippie vibe that it did have with it. If my mom had wheels, she'd be a bike. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That's fair. Evil. Least worst song, Secrets from a Girl Who's Seen It All, mostly because it just felt like an actual song. There was so much like run-on sentences and weird song structure. and My and- notes on Secret from a Girl. This song sucks, but I can see people, <laughs> parentheses women, loving it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do two thumbs down. And since we're like living in the what if world, I'm going to say, what if I had four more thumbs to put down? Because... This album deserves all of them. Um, I just realized that I took so many notes that I had more notes on another page that were pertinent. So I just like to share that real fast. You've got 15 seconds. Uh, I wrote that it was a very chill all over vibe. I wrote that I would take a bath or bake some bread to this. 
Um, and it sounds like early 2000s pop on sedatives, just antidepressants in general, and feels like it was written in quarantine for sure. It feels like she didn't have any outside influences in that. And I don't want to compare it to Taylor Swift, but her last two albums very much seemed like nobody helped her. And this seems kind of similar to that. As far as my favorite song on this, I would have to say Stoned at the Nail Salon, a feel good song. So relatable because I, <laughs> I'm going to give it a thumb up. I said the best song in the album is The Path. Okay. The first one. And it's. And that's when the, I stopped listening. Yeah, <laughs> there are nicer ways to say it, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I give it no thumbs. There's no thumbs down. There's no thumbs up. I can see where people will like this. I don't. <clears throat> now for the important question. And I am going to start with evil what was your favorite album of these 10 iron maiden the sinjutsu i listened to it before this i liked it i'll continue listening to it <laughs> my number two was billy eilish also we'll listen to that moving forward the rest of this hot garbage may not ever be in my ears again uh rachel what's your favorite album out of these oh 10? you guys are gonna disagree strongly with me but i liked the killers the best i thought that was a no, really I, well-written uh, album no, it's actually, <laughs> there are a lot of people's opinions that I value that have said that that is a great album. Do you value my opinion? Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. I really didn't think much of it, but. <laughs> Halsey was a, a very close second. Mm -hmm. This was an extremely hard one for me. There are numerous songs that I'll go back to for Modest Mouse. Andrew WK, there's a couple from him. I, I'm struggling with naming this one. I feel like this is going to haunt me. I feel like in a year, I'm going to look back on this and be like, what the fuck? But it, Halsey <laughs> is my favorite. It's a testament to how much I fucking love Trent Reznor and Atticus. And that's it. That's our quick fire reviews. Stop looking at your watch. That's rude. Suck a dick. It is rude. <laughs> and is everybody happy with how this went? Sure. I feel good it, about it. It made me, it made me realize that I'm not snobby with music. I'm just close-minded and I like <laughs> what I like. That's fair. <laughs> Come back next week. It's a classic album episode with Sven and I. We will be reviewing the classic albums too by boys to men. Yes. How about that? Yeah. Wow. A little nineties for you. And I gave Sven, can you say the whole name of the album? The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Oh, my God. Which... It's going to be amazing. Wow, did I bite off more than I could chew with that <laughs> one. That is it for this episode. Versecoursverse.com, at Versecoursversepod, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rachel, have fun being a model at whatever you're doing. Evil, what's your at again? Uh, Actra? Wherever. I'm, I'm all over the place. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. Germany, you keep growing. I don't know what the fuck's going on there, but I love it. I like it. Danke. Hey, Germans like their, their hard rock and heavy metal, man. So It's true. This has been fun. Can't wait for next week. Uh, good night and good luck. <laughs> good job. Oh.